Good morning, San Francisco. You are listening to Friday Morning Frequencies. This is Pamela Bush. I uh, help out doing this once a month. Always a pleasure. Our focus for Friday Morning Frequencies is on local musicians, local organizations, people who are doing things to make the Bay Area a more creative and interesting place to live. You're listening to KXSFLP, uh, and I have a really special guest today, DJ Lamont, uh, who has Finger Snaps Media uh, and is also a DJ at Capu. So we're going to get to that in just a minute. We're just going to have a, a quick uh, station announcement, and we'll uh, be back in just a moment. Support for KXSF comes from Open Mind Music, a haven for record lovers since 1994. Henry at Open Mind believes music soothes the soul, inspires change, and makes us move. Find a wide variety from ABBA to Zappa, funk to punk, bebop to hip-hop, including new and used LPs, vintage turntables, local art, and... Is it just audio, Pamela? Come find your groove in record time at Open Mind Music, 5521 Avenue near Rockridge Bart in Oakland. Oh, great. Well, thank you. Uh, for everyone who's tuned in, you're listening to KXSFLP, and this is Pamela Bush. The show is Friday Morning Frequencies, um, and I have a, I'm really excited. I have a great guest today that uh, some people might know, uh, DJ Lamont, who has a show at KPU, which is one of the Bay Area's most noted stations. Uh, and But in addition to that, DJ Lamont also is the founder of Finger Snaps Media Media Arts. So I'm um, very excited to have you with us today. And let me make sure that now we have the audio on. Hello, hello. how are you this morning? Good morning. Good morning, Pamela. I know. It, it's Even though it's 10 o'clock, it seems early because it's Christmas it, Eve, right? Yes, it is, <laughs> which is hard to believe within itself that Christmas Eve is here. I, I, I trust <laughs> me, I know. Exactly. I mean, it's just been such a crazy year, and and it's a very crazy end to the year as as well. It's always yes. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Never a dull moment, as they say, as it's been said. <laughs> right. And indeed. Well, thank you for for being here today. Uh, just to if I just going to I would love for you to introduce yourself to everyone out there because you can say a whole lot more about who you are than than I can possibly do justice. So please. Sure. Sure. Uh, my name is Lamont Bransford Young. Um, my stage name is DJ Lamont, and I'm a 25-year veteran resident of San Francisco, originally from the East Coast, Connecticut, and uh, I own a DJ school in the city. It's a DJ studio called Finger Stamps Media Arts, and it's where I teach the art and the, uh, the art of the DJ mix. And it's to explore the intellectual and the educational side of, of DJing and the art of the DJ mix. Because again, we always hear about the party, the festivals, the events, but we don't hear about the educational side and the philosophical side and the cultural side of what DJing uh, represents. And that's my my point and my focus of what I do at my studio in the Mission District. Great, thank you. Uh, and so can let's just go right into it. Can you say a little bit more about that? Because so many people today you know, everyone thinks, not I say everyone thinks they could be DJ, yeah. but a lot of people are kind of, you know, be, you know, thanks to technology that it's, a lot of people can just play around, make playlists or, or just, I don't know, get onto community radio. Yeah, uh, sure. Right. Well, and that's great. I I, I think sure. like there, there's, and I'm not saying that in a disparaging way, but I, no, I, sure. I think that, 
you know, prior to, you know, back in the old days when being a DJ was really like sitting down, spinning records, uh, it was, you know, and it was not just something that people could do for fun. I mean, there, I remember there were people would go to school to learn how to do this. Uh, so can you talk a little bit more about what is like the intellectual and cultural and philosophical side of being a professional DJ? Well, it's the idea of just like any art form, just like any science, there's the, the side that is consumed by the consumer, either it's information, a book that was written by an author, but what, how do we know about from an author's point of view, the research that went into that book, the years and years of research that went into creating this 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 pill that that represents an idea, a concept. And just like with DJing, like I said, we see the end results. We see the parties. We're at the parties. We're having a good time. We're at the festivals. We're at the events. You know, having the time of our lives. But what goes on behind? What's the philosophical experience of what's going on with the DJ? the psychological experience, the artistic side that's going on with the DJ. And that's my my goal and my focus at Fingers Sounds Media Arts is to really break down the art and science of the DJ mix. And, and not from a necessary, from a technical point of view, but again, from an artistic, really bringing the human element to DJing and not just relying on the equipment and the technology. Yes, we use the technology, like we use all these forms of technology to represent what we're trying to say. But it is, it all starts from heart, it all starts from mind, it all starts from the creativity, the imagination, the passion for the music. And that is my, uh, my purpose of what I do there. Um, I have students, my, my, my sessions are primarily one-on-one, and I designed it that way because I want to connect with my, my students. I don't want just a school of people that I just know on the surface. I want to get to go a little deeper with them and understand their motivations, um, understand their fears, their vulnerabilities, that brought them to this point of wanting to learn this art form. And um, because of that, it's an it's a extremely enriching experience. When I started Finger Snaps, I never ever imagined being able to share the mindsets of the people that I'm standing next to. I, I never thought we would go to a level of people expressing their innermost fears, joys, excitement, um, breakthroughs, and that's what I have learned time and time and time again. And so it's enriching for me as well as it is for my students because we're learning this art form, but in the meantime, they're learning about themselves yeah. and their potential. Yeah, I, I imagine that uh, it, it is, you know, musicians create music and that is the, an expression. But then when sure. you're, you're curating music for other people, you know, there that's also, there's something... You know, it's a different form of creativity, too. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're curating music that's already been recorded, so it's not our music per se, Because, and, but what we're doing as a, as a DJ, we're listening carefully to the music of the world, finding what will work for this group of people that is before us. And that, that represents, from a cultural point of view, all the microcultures that are within our society here and around the world, um, you know, from a demographics, you know, age, uh, like I said, culture that influences why a DJ plays a song for a group of people versus another group. There's some DJs that are very specific and are known for a genre. And then there's other DJs like myself that play music based on the joy of music and 
whom I'm I'm playing for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think uh, that when when you're thinking, okay, so when when you're a DJ, let's say I'm here uh-huh. right now, um, and I can play music, but there's sort of like the, the music that you want to play, but then also thinking about who your audience is too, and who's sure. going to listen to that. And would you say that the best DJs are those are who really are thinking of, you know, more about their audience as opposed to just being sort of, a, you know, an artist? Well, well absolutely. Well, essentially, it's communication. Right. And communication is, is just that it's being aware of who you're interacting with and, and, and cultivating, adjusting, adopting to that communication skill. You talk to me totally different than the way you may talk to your great aunt, to your best friend. We all communicate differently based on who, who our subject is. And it's the same thing with music. There's times that I do play artistically and those are the venues that I, I enjoy greatly because I have the freedom to come in and play what I think will work for this room. Mm-hmm. If, and if, if I know that it's a, a room that is somewhat special, then I'm going to give them something special that they can't just consume anywhere else. And then there's other times when I'm playing where it has to be those hits. It has to be those nostalgic um, songs that people know. What's on the radio, what's happening right now. And that that's, can be fun as well. But the idea, it took me years to distinguish the difference between the two. Because in my early career of DJing, of course I wanted to play the music that I enjoyed. I just assumed everyone would like what I like, and that was not the case. It was it was uh, painful the first 10 years of me DJing because I realized that everyone doesn't like what I where I come from and my taste in music. And, and because of that, a lot of frustration on my behalf, on behalf of my patrons, on the behalf of the club owners and the management management that I worked with because the idea is I was turning off patrons and when you turn off patrons they're not consuming they go elsewhere that's that's for so from a business point of view um, it has to be compromised to to cater to the consumer because they'll leave and go elsewhere now the venue is empty and that's no club owner wants an empty venue and specific for the sake of a song versus another song mm-hmm. But now I, I understand it, and, and that's part of just personal growth, realizing my job is to play music, and I don't have to like and enjoy everything that I play. However, when I do have that opportunity to play, like my radio show on KPOO, that's when I express my musical taste because I, my tastes are all over. Um, my, my taste is very diverse, and, and I like to give people a, a, a ride experience a journey through sound there's a a, a a core pulse to what i create on kpo but it still it varies because it's about my you know 50 years of listening to music yeah actually can you tell us a little bit more about your show when first of all when is it so anyone who's sure, listening can listen sure. to it <laughs> and also because i know you you've been with them for a long time uh what you know let's say how your show has evolved and um uh, yeah, what, what kind of what the focus is right now? Yeah, KPOO, I've, I've been with KPOO 89.5 San Francisco for about 12 years now. And um, I, when I originally started, it was from midnight to 3 a.m. Uh, so some some some... people love that shift, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know there's, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I've met a lot of folks. I used to get, get calls, emails, texts from those nocturnal folks that are laying in their bed, looking at the ceiling at night, working overnight. You know, those that worked in transit, security, uh, people that worked in coffee shops, not uh, bakeries that would bake all night long and they would reach out and, and say, I'm listening, I'm listening. And so my show, it, it has evolved. The, the main core of my sound is, is dance music and specifically disco, new disco and deep house and the, and the origins of, of house music. That's, that's the core of my sound and electronica as well. But then it varies off to all these different sounds. So my show was from, when I originally started, it was from three to five and no one followed me after until 6 a.m. And so I just took the liberty to stay to four. And then I was on from 12 to four and for about a year that worked. And then I extended it from 12 to five. And every hour I had these different segments that were just so different from the, the, the previous. And I hosted, I hosted that time until for about four or five years. And being up that late started to wear on my mental health. And that's, that's when I really, it wasn't my physical health, it was my mental health. And, and I, just, I was just lethargic all day. And then I was just feeling really emotionally heavy for 24 to 48 hours after my shift. And that's when I realized, let me re, uh, return it back to three o'clock. And I was able to manage that. So my show, again, it's, and, and also outside of the musical aspects, I share a lot of personal insights about just my perceptions of what I, of my life here in this world mm-hmm. from, from, it, it, yeah, just a lot of perspective about what I feel and what I see, what I hear every day, being, being an American, being a black American, being a black gay American being a black gay American that's in their 50s, being a black gay American that's in his 50s, living in San Francisco, and, and, and being influenced by our culture, being influenced by our politics and by our societal uh, changes every single day. And so I just reflect on that. And my idea is really to be a company to those that are on the receiving end. That's my perception that I'm, I'm hope that I'm, I'm my goal that I'm achieving is that I'm someone's companion, that they, I'm their, like their electronic buddy that they can depend on every week. And, uh, and just to remind people about their own potential. That's really what I, when I share these stories, it's not to really share an opinion. It's just more of an insight about what I'm feeling and thinking. Cause I feel that if I'm thinking and feeling this, you are feeling the same way or, or, or just validating that, one does feel a certain way about certain things and then put it on the individual. Like, what does this mean to you? What is, what, what, what I just said, what does that mean to you? And, and to reflect on your own sense of personal power, ambitions, ideas, dreams, imagination. And a lot of the music that I play supports my narrative as well. My music, I, I, I carefully select the lyrics and the songs to, to say something because I just feel when I'm listening to media out here, I'm overwhelmed a lot with what I have to, what I'm hearing. And, and sometimes I'm just left uh, choiceless, hopeless, confused, overwhelmed, angry with our, our narrative, uh, particularly with our, our commercial media 
is, is just so much about what doesn't work in life. And, and so I feel, and I know that when I am providing the service that I'm providing on KPOO, that at least I'm offering an alternative to what's generally available in our media circus out here. Is that, okay, this is about us and, and what does it all mean to you and how can you improve your quality of life? And that can be as simple as cleaning your house or seeking something that you, that's, you've always desired. And so now I'm on from, so for the first 10 years, I was on overnight. And since the pandemic and some of the personnel shifted because of shelter in place, now I'm on from 8 p.m. to 12 midnight, still on Tuesday nights. Okay, well, okay, everyone, you hear that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so 8 p.m. To, to midnight on KPOO, uh, if you would like to hear DJ Lamont, uh, DJ Lamont show. Uh, so uh, I know you've been doing this for decades. So you've seen the transition from like spinning vinyl to got CDs and now where there's so much of it is just, you know, based on, you can create playlists on computers. And sure. How do you, like, what's, how do you feel that, do you think that's been, had a good impact? Uh, or do you think that it's, it's getting people further away from the actual art of curating and, and DJing and, and really like what, you know, what goes, you know, what really needs to go into it? I, I think it, everything has its place. Because the, the convenience of where we are today with music, we can go anywhere, anytime, in any almost any situation, and and have some level of connectability through through the internet, and we can have music available, and and that's something that if you think just 15 years ago, we had to have a stack a stack of cassettes or a stack of CDs or a stack of records, and that may have lended less, you know, impossible or just more challenging if you're going to go sit on the beach for two hours or go walk through the forest or travel around the world um, to be able to have that accessibility of, of today's technology is, is magical. And it also, it makes it accessible for everyone to have medium. So that's where I do see and appreciate the, the advantage of having the world wide web that it um it gives everyone the opportunity the things that i'm able to do just operating my own business and artistically i needed to hire a crew once upon a time you know not and now i can do all this on my on my phone on my tablet and and i, I just love that the opportunities that is created for me to be creative and to communicate with the world but in the middle not even but but in the middle of all of that, I was at Amoeba a couple of weeks ago and here in San Francisco, you know, it's one of the largest record stores and in, in, in it is the largest record store in San Francisco. And I'm standing next to this gentleman and we're buying records. And I looked at him, I said, you know, we're not supposed to be here. And he says, what do you mean by that? I says, we're not supposed to be here based on technology, this medium of records, vinyl, was supposed to be gone almost 20 years ago. And here we are buying brand new records at Amoeba today, 2021, you know, with Silicon Valley just down the street, the Apple ring just 40 miles from us. 
And I find that really fascinating. So I, I think three-dimensional medium such as records has created, it's a, it's a subculture that has, been, that's, that has come out of the digital world because I think it's just the tangibleness. It's just something you can hold. Yes, we have a library, a playlist, but it, it really doesn't exist if our phone doesn't work. It doesn't exist if you didn't pay your, your cellular bill, if you lose your phone. But if you have this, this, this medium, I think it's, it, it's an occupation, meaning that it's something to do, like going to a museum, you go to a music store, you spend a couple hours going through racks of racks of records and CDs because it's an experience. You can you can it's a social experience, and you bring it home. It's an artifact, just like anything else in your house, just like photographs on the wall, just like the decor that you furnish your house with to make that perfect feng shui for oneself. Having a stack of records and a turntable is the same thing. It's a piece of it's a it's it's furnishing. It's it's artwork. It's something to do. And I, I think yeah. that's why it's here. It's still with us today. Yeah, I think that I, I agree. I think there's also, there's that, there's also a nostalgia. I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and he asked me, what is the oldest thing I have? And, <laughs> and I said to him as far as like, and I, you know, as the question being like, in terms of like a possession that I've had for the longest, I said, it's the first album I ever bought, which was Elton John's Greatest Hits, part one, the first one. I have and, that one with him with the, um, he has a, um, he's playing golf, right? No, that's, um, I think that's either part two. Oh, the, part no, two. The okay. other one is like, he's just sitting down and he's wearing, i trying to remember. God, I have to go home and take a look at it. But uh, he right. sounds like he's sitting down, but that has on it uh, like Crocodile Rock and Border Song and Your Song. And and I sure. think I bought that in 1972, right? Wow. So. And I've had it for all these years and actually listened to it recently. And there is like, there is this, this nostalgic piece for me about it because I've, I've had this for almost 50 years now, right? Uh, and it's, but you have, I remember when vinyl started to become a big deal again, like you know, 15 years ago and, you know, like bars and it's like, oh, you know, we just play vinyl or we have vinyl, which is cool. And I do think that... Uh, I think vinyl sounds great. Let me just ask you, do you think there's anything that sounds like vinyl or do you think that like some that digitally you can get the same sound? It, it's not, I don't, I don't think it can be compared evenly because it's two different mediums. Right. It's two different mediums altogether. And it, it's not a fair assessment to say, is this better or worse? Because it's, it's the medium because there are, we have to admit there are, I have some vinyl recordings that do not sound good <laughs> because they were engineered incorrectly. Mm -hmm. The vinyl that they use was inferior. And so every piece of vinyl I have is not superior compared to digital. And, um, but I, I think that is the general idea, but I, I don't like the and or, because again, they represent two different mediums. If, you, if you're playing a record that you have for 50 years, and you play compared to a new digital file, there's, there's no comparison. You're talking about a 50-year-old technology compared to today's standards of technology, and it cannot be compared on the same scale. But it is an, there, is a, 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 there is a difference in, in the aesthetic. When I do put vinyl on, I do hear and feel the difference. And, but it's not necessarily I'm going to 
turn off one versus the other. And as a DJ, and, and I've played, I have records that are inferior, but that's the only version that was ever available. And I have played it in clubs, I played it in mixes, I played it on my radio show, because this is the only version that was ever released that I have access to. And you play it because it's really about the music at that point and not necessarily trying to um, live up to an audio filed uh, standard. Yeah. Uh, so, and no, I, it's, this is a conversation I hear a lot of people saying that uh, talk about, about, you know, like the superiority of vinyl. And it's, I think I appreciate your, you know, your take on it. Cause that's something that I actually haven't heard before. And I think that actually you, you do raise a good point. Again, not everything has been, you know, engineered that well. Uh, and you know, having new technology, doesn't necessarily mean it's it's better or worse. It, it's just something yeah. that's different. But there, I still think that there there is a perception out there, and maybe part of it is based on nostalgia, and and I often think it's nostalgia that people who didn't let's say live through an era, like have that nostalgia. Like, you know, I let's say may have a certain level of nostalgia for, you know, the '60s. I mean, yes, I was born in the '60s, but I was, I was born sure. in the mid '60s, right? And so I think I think there's a little bit of that going on where I see lots of people who were born in like the 80s and 90s have this this nostalgia for vinyl, even though in the 80s you, you grew up with CDs. You, sure, you didn't grow sure. Up with vinyl, so it's a little different. You know, what's kind of interesting is is the uh, now how cassette tapes seem to be getting more popular. Again, it's <laughs> it's just like those platform shoes and those bell bottoms from the 70s. They're back in. Yeah, you yeah. know it, it's it, I and one of the one of the wonderful social experiments or realities of being at the studio and people perceiving that I'm a music store. I'm not a music store, although it has the appearance of a music store. It's a DJ studio with music in it, vinyl, cassettes, CDs. People come in all the time assuming that I'm there to sell. But the thing that astounds me and surprises me every single day is when a 20-year-old comes in and says, ooh, cassettes. Ooh, 45s. They didn't even grow up with this medium. Nowhere around them, but it's the, like I said, it's, I, I think it's the nostalgic that they didn't even experience themselves and or it's something that's a counterbalance to the digital world. Yeah. Because if all, because our majority of our communications are on our devices now. We watch TV. I just think of sometimes at the end of the day, I think about how much time I, I spent looking into a screen all day to either buy something, to communicate with someone, to enjoy a program, to send a correspondence. And all day I'm looking at a screen and I just think, wow, this, this is my, this is my, and then I come home and I watch a bigger screen to relax, to, you know, watch these programs that are on, that are streaming. And so when I have the opportunity to go to a store like Amoeba or go to a, a restaurant and eat out, then you're like, wow, this is an experience. <laughs> you know, I'm actually talking to someone face to face instead of through the, these, you know, these devices. And I, I think that's why I know why that's why it's so exciting for young people, because it's it's a counterculture to everything being relied on these devices that we have now. Absolutely. We're, we're talking right now using a device, yeah, right? And exactly. I, we're not that far away from each other, but given that we have, there's an outbreak of a new COVID variant. Indeed. And we're, you know, it's like trying to be cautious. And 
So, you know, and it, it makes me wonder if, especially since over the last 22 months, people have been, we've become so much more reliant on screens to have communications with other people. If in different realms of people's lives, we're not going to, people are going to try to get away from that sort of that high like tech and get into, sure. uh, you know, you know, in the sense of, of music, something that's more tactile, like, like vinyl and, and even CDs and, and cassettes. I think it's, again, I, I just, I, I look at everything, everything has its place because if this is what we have to do to communicate, to stay safe, this is what we have to do. When the time comes, as I told you, when I'm responding, I love nothing more than an in-studio experience because I, I thrive in that environment that you're in right now. I love that environment. That's, that's home away from home for me. But under the influence of where we are today, it's not safe for us to be in company. And, and specifically, I don't want the residual pressure the next day if I start sneezing or coughing saying, see, I should have stayed home. Right. <laughs> and that's really why, that's really my decision. It's the day after. Someone's like the day after pills, like, okay, I'm going to, why, why did I do that? Why did I do that? So I, I just want, I, just for the sake of peace, yeah, no, I'm compromising, I'm compromising, you know, um, us being in, in person. And even like during this holiday season, we declined on invites because of this new outbreak, because the next day, I don't want to, if my body temperature goes up, which is going to, our body temperature changes every day. I'm going to sneeze. I'm going to cough. I'm going to be achy because that's being human. <laughs> but now that now that's a, a, that could be a, a threat to others that you your body temperature changed within a couple hours. Yeah, it's true. It used to be whenever I would sneeze, like oh, it's the cat. I'm just sneezing because of, of, of the cat. Sure, sure. And now it's like I'm sneezing. Like oh no, do I need to go and get a COVID test? Exactly. Right. And. But this is this is a situation we're in. So we need yes. to take we need to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be back in, in just a minute. For those of you just tuning in, you're listening to KXSFLP. Hi, KXSF listeners. This is the Creep, host of Creeping Death Radio Show. One hour of heavy metal every other Thursday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on KXSF 102.5 FM, San Francisco, spanning all genres of the heavy metal spectrum. Tune in, turn it up to 10, and get to banging. And remember, if it ain't heavy, it ain't creeping death. So, uh, so we're back. Uh, mm-hmm. For those of you who are um, just tuned in a few minutes ago, you're listening to KXSF LP in San Francisco. This is Pamela Bush for Friday Morning Frequencies, and my guest is DJ Lamont, who is the founder of Finger Snaps Media Arts and also is one of the DJs at KPOO. And um, on Tuesday nights from eight until midnight, now now we we know no longer you no longer have the graveyard shift. Uh, so we were just talking a little bit about the state of uh, Music in its its as in its material form, vinyl, cassette, CDs versus digital. Uh, but I'd like to talk to you a little more about how radio has changed. You know, they, mm-hmm. you know, there used to be you li- if you lived in any, especially any sort of like metro area, there were multiple music stations. Uh, there were stations that like you just 
where you just you there were the DJs that you loved. There were the DJs that it's like I want to go and you know listen to sure. you know this DJ for this reason. Uh, yeah, I think you and I had a conversation a little while ago about WBLS in in New York. Oh yes. And you know the BLS was like one of the first stations to play like disco. You know, back in the late seventies. Yeah, in the country. In the seventies, yeah. Right, and uh, you know, like I used to listen also in terms of New York City radio, WNEW, and I, I remember driving in the car with my dad and listening to uh, when Devo's version of Satisfaction came on, mm-hmm. and like you know Vince Skelsa and and the you know the DJs there, like they were just like these people were legends. And we don't really have that anymore because there's so much, you know, yeah, yeah, because yeah, local media has gotten there's not that much like here in San Francisco. I mean, KFOG was I who ever thought KFOG would cease to exist, exactly. um, and now it's I don't even I, the other day I tried to tune in like I, I don't even know what it is right now. It, it seems to me like there's a need more than ever for stations like KPOO and for KXSF, you know, community radio stations. Yeah. Do you see where there might be a time we go back to this, or do you think the the golden age of of radio as we knew it is is gone? I I, I ask myself that often, and I ask myself, am I just jaded, or do I just don't care anymore, or am I just saturated that I, I don't have to care anymore? But radio, the commercial radio, it doesn't mean to me. It doesn't mean what it used to mean to me years ago. And like you said, it was something that I looked forward to. I, 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 I worship the sound of the radio stations that I listen to. I look forward to what DJs had to say and how they said what they said. And um, it's funny that you mentioned WBLS because I have a cassette. It's a Maxell cassette. It's 120 minutes long. And it was New Year's Day, 1982. And I recorded a two-hour segment. And I'm doing the... Uh, <clears throat> the uh, the countdown, no, it was, yeah, it's, it's 1982. It's the first day, this um, January 1st, 1982. And I'm listening to the cassette. And this cassette is 40 something years old. Or what is it, 38 years old. And, and it sounds as, it sounds timeless. Because just the freshness of the, of the sound and the music and, and even the, the, the cassette itself, this cassette is 40 years old and, and it sounds pristine. If one was to walk in, I don't think one would be able to distinguish if it's a newly recorded CD, I mean, cassette or not, or if it's cassette or not. But I, I just think because of, again, commercialism and greed and wanting to own everything, that's what these corporations, they want to own everything that we consume and, and, and control everything. And that started, you know, in the 90s when Clinton deregulated radio. And I had the rare opportunity of working for a family-owned radio station before I moved to San Francisco. And the radio station is called WATR. It was on, it's, <clears throat> it's still owned by the original family. It's been in the family's uh, ownership for over 75 years. And where is it? It's in Waterbury, Connecticut. It's called WATR. It's a news talk information, and they play music on the weekend. And I grew up listening to that radio station, and I worked there the last two years before I moved to San Francisco. And they also owned a country radio station as well. And it was family-owned. The owners were there every single day, every single day. And, and it, 
And it, it was, you know, it was the business, but it still had that personal touch. It had that personal touch. And because it was family owned, I, I, I had, I wore multiple hats there. I did a radio show. I worked in promotions. I worked in continuity and I got to learn the art of radio. They played, uh, um, vo vocals, um, artists of, of the past, such as the Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., Ella Fitzgerald. I didn't know anything about that sound at all, but working there, that's what helped me learn about that era of music and also learn to appreciate it. And when I moved to San Francisco, I worked at some of the commercial radio stations. And that's when the conglomerates started. And literally within three to five years, the radio station that I worked for was brought and sold like an old pair of shoes so many times. It was incredible. I mean, it was just these companies buying up other companies and, and spending millions of dollars for these radio stations. And that's when it, it started to become more, um, more streamlined and just very, very programmed beyond what we experienced before. And you started hearing less personality from the DJs and just more talk about really nothing in, as far as I'm concerned just more of the sensationalism of the music business instead of a, about the music itself. And, um, and that's when I started losing interest in it because it, they weren't really saying anything that I wanted to hear anymore. And so I asked myself, I put it back on me, was it just me or was it just them? And I think it's a combination of both. But I don't hear the, I do hear the freshness sometimes in the music, but I just don't hear the, the innovation of, everything that is going on with music out there. And I think my perception with how commercial radio works now is that they have to play, be competitive, I mean, repetitive in music because we have so many entertainment choices now. I, I just feel there's only been one, you know, there's only one entertainment pie and the slices are getting thinner and thinner. When we grew up, yeah, we had radio and TV. We had five radio stations, you know, we had five radio stations in our market and five TV stations. And then you have your personal entertainment. Now, we it's the same entertainment, it's the same entertainment pie, but the slices are getting thinner because we have all these streaming services. We have all this, this you know, the streaming video services, music services. So I think radio has to keep it as tight as they can to, to, to gain those that are not interested in really doving into the, the, the vastness of all this entertainment to keep people engaged and that's that's my perception of how they're working and again i haven't worked in commercial radio in 20 years so i don't uh know what their inner th thoughts are but as a consumer that's what i'm thinking that they're doing but it's definitely changed like everything else and then i wonder like why why it wasn't broken radio wasn't broken <laughs> right it, it wasn't it wasn't it was it was it wasn't a, it wasn't a medium that was broken but it was broken. It was changed because, again, conglomerates, control, manipulation um, of, you know, wanting to own the entire, you know, Air Force of America, as in radio Air Force. That's I mean, that's an interesting way of putting it, because I, I think that you know, you're talking about conglomerates and conglomerates also have a very definite ideology It's an ideology of like large scale capitalism. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what they do that for. Yes. Right. And the Absolutely. right. And the lack of diversity in, in their programming. And I mean, diversity in, in, in numerous ways, uh, you know, just specifically from a, a music standpoint, where it's just, okay, playing the things that 
are popular or they think will be popular as opposed to having the stations where you have the DJs who are like, you know, hey, there's this like crazy band from Ohio called mm. Devo. Sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, just to, to use that as an example, obviously there there, there are, are many others out there, but uh, it, you know, it's, I think that a lot of people don't realize how, you know, the, the American ideology of, you know, unbridled capitalism gets gets so filtered into everything that we do and everything we listen to and it's like all the messages that we have and i guess you know coming back to what i I was saying earlier is why i think it's so important that you have these counters in community radio but i also wonder if like a i don't know how many people are even listening to radio these days because you do have spotify and apple music absolutely and and youtube so it's like podcast right Mm-hmm. And then it's like okay, but then you might start listening to the same. You know, if you're if you don't have people, other people who are turning you on to new stuff, well, you might just continue to listen to the same thing. Like I, I notice the the Spotify they have the discovery playlist every week, and I would say once every six weeks I'll find a few new songs that I like. But I often find sure. that it's a repetition of songs that I've listened to in the past. Uh, or I'd like, I'm just not sure how their algorithm rhythm is getting to me to this, this playlist. And I think sure, that that sure. part of it is just, it's also cause you're taking that human element out of it. And with having, you know, with so many people now not bothering to listen to radio at all, it does take that human element out of it. And I, I do wonder what that's going to be like you know, long term. But yes, I think you're always going to have this this sort of this subculture in music of people who are going to listen to radio and people who are going to who are, are just really into like finding out new things that are are happening. But I don't. It it just I think it's unfortunate because since there's such a lack of diversity in, in programming now, like D, radio programming. Sure, sure. Yeah, we we may not have the, the same thing at, at least you know from radio. Uh, I mean and. Also, another thing is like from being of a gener, an older generation, you know, I I I know that the way that people are accessing new music is a little bit different. But I also think that it requires someone who actually is really interested in going out there and finding out about new music. If you're just listening to music passively, sure, you're you're not necessarily going to find out about all the you know the really great new stuff that's that's out there that is not sure. just deemed commercially successful. Absolutely. I mean, some of the feedback that I get with my radio show is people are, my listeners are are surprised with the diversity, but it's still a core sound. And, and as, as I, even when I play DJ live, they don't know what's coming next. And they're intrigued about what's coming next based on what I've selected up to this point. And, and my, my show is, is influenced by my vulnerabilities. Now, obviously that doesn't work in commercial radio because everything is scientific. Everything's looked at from a scientific point of view, but that is the beauty of community radio and independent radio is that we're we're guiding the music based on our pulse, based on our pulse of understanding the genre that we're playing for, if it is a, a focused genre, because we're living that music that we're selecting and or, um, you know, guiding it based on how you want people to interpret what you're giving. 
And so a lot of thought goes into what I what I do. And, and it's not and, and when I program, it's all programmed spontaneously. None of my 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 show is never pre um, pre-calculated. I, I select a handful of records, I squeeze about a hundred records in my record bag, and I have, you know, maybe a thousand digital files on a computer at this station. And as I'm walking in the door, I start thinking about what I want to play based on what I want people, the message I want people to 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 hear about themselves, about what's going on with me, what's going on with the world. And I choose songs to represent that. And that's the beauty of, of commercial radio. I mean, um, community radio is that we, it's strictly autonomous. We can, I can play what I feel and give the audience what I want them to have. And I'll give them familiar voices, the voices that we all grew up listening to. And I'll select something that's foreign and unique, even to myself, to just bring them on that ride and show the, the diversity and the, the uh, diaspora of a specific sound as well. So what are you playing now? Because especially with, and I'd say, what are you playing now? And over the last couple of years, have you found that your your musical selection has been going in a certain certain direction you know, because of the pandemic, because of just the, this increased awareness of racism in our country and you know police brutality? Has that impacted your your show? Oh, all the above. I mean, yeah. again, just influenced by all the things from all the things that we have to endure every day. Um, that filters through me. And yes, I do select songs that are talking about what we're experiencing right now. Not even historically, but right now, I have songs that are contemporary that are speaking about our, our situation, um, either in our country, our cities. And I play those songs as as an awareness and a reflection of, of our of our times because something that I remember a friend said to me right after 9-11. And uh, he said, the truth will be told through art, not through media, not through through the news cycles. The truth about what's going on will be told through art. And that's something that has resonated with me since 9-11. What is that? 15, 16 years now. Nine oh, eleven. It's it's twenty years ago. Twenty years ago, yeah. exactly. So that that resonates with me greatly because with artists that create this music, that compose this music, that conceives this music, you know, they're writing authentically about what they're experiencing. And me, as a selector, as a DJ, as a programmer, I hear these messages, and and I incorporate that within my sound. To again to to add awareness, so that can that can be in the form of house music, of disco, of new jazz, of electronica, or genres that I can't even. Sometimes I just just take the genre off of what I'm doing because it's just the the feeling of what this artist is conveying. It's really that's really what it is. It's the genre is really not important at the end of the day. It's really what are you hearing? What am I? I'll play music that has that's up tempo. To, to liven up the mood, to bring the tempo up, to encourage the body to move. And then I'll play music that, that's settling to the mind, to the body, to the spirit, just to give us all a break, a breather. And I'll select, I'll, I'll specifically choose a song 
that that will just soothe with the voice, with the texture and the and the the, the nuance of the vocalist that, that is singing that's very soft and sensual. And then I'll play something that's hard and upbeat, something that's edgy and, and riveting, something that's completely offbeat. <laughs> that's, you know, my show is primarily house music, but I was playing a folk song a couple days ago of this artist named Imogene Thomas that lived in San Francisco in Oakland back in the 60s, an unsung uh, vocalist because I like the song, because the song represents something for me. So I think that's where the, the power of, of commercial, uh, non-commercial radio is. And it is a counterculture to the noise of commercial radio. Because, cult, you know, the, the advantage of commercial radio does give you, it's the pulse of what's happening today, the trend of what's happening right now. And, and or that's what trend is. So it's, it's, so if you want to tune into today, that's what commercial radio is about. And even the shows, the radio stations that are on that are nostalgic now. And I just learned that uh, Live 105 changed their format. That doesn't exist anymore. Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't know that. So yeah, it's so called, it just doesn't uh, exist. It's something else. Yeah, it's called... Um, oh, it, it's a trend. It's not a trending name, but it, it's called... It, it, I can't remember the exact name, but it's... it's it, they're, they're coming from a place... You don't know what's... It's, it's kind of... It's, like surprise radio, something like that. Meaning you don't know what we're going to play next. Mm -hmm. Uncertain radio or uncertain, it's something of that nature. And I was surprised because I haven't listened to them in such a long time. And the only time I do listen to the radios when I'm in my car. And I was surprised. And, they, and I, apparently they just changed format because they just mentioned it, um, that this is a new format. Wow. Okay, well, that's news to me. We need to take another quick break. We'll, sure. we'll be back in, in just a moment with DJ, you got it. with DJ Lamont. Support for KXSF comes from Lady Falcon Coffee Club, an iconoclastic, only in San Francisco, coffee roastery. Born and blended by the beach in the outer sunset and female-owned and operated, Look for Lady Falcon Coffee Club beans at Byright, William Sonoma, Gus's, Rainbow Grocery, Good Eggs, and other fine food vendors, or at their vintage mobile coffee truck about town. Learn more by visiting their website at ladyfalconcoffeeclub.com. Thanks for supporting San Francisco Community Radio. So you are listening to KXSF. LP, and this is Pamela Bush for Friday Morning Frequencies, and my guest is DJ Lamont, who is the founder of Finger Snaps Media and also one of the DJs at KPOO. Uh, I, I do want to talk about Finger Snaps, uh, but before we get to that, the what we were just discussing, something that I, I've noticed is that I feel like one of the beautiful things, let's say, about like Apple Music and Spotify is that it just has, there's this, this trove of music from, you know, decades and decades, and it just opens people up and exposes people to music that's, that's come before. And when, uh, when I think about the rate, the racial unrest that we've had, and, you know, and it's not like it's just been the last two years, but just everything that's happened in this country socially, and then also, you know, combining that with, with the global pandemic, and some of the music that has resonated with me the most has been older stuff, like Marvin Gaye. 
and you know and uh you know Gil Scott Heron uh and uh the clash and i i kind of i wonder if how much younger people are less are listening to like Marvin Gaye what's going on now and and realizing like wow this is something what's that going was, on I mean, but that's that, yeah. I mean, that's just a very obvious example. But something that was happening, you know, this is a song that was that was written fifty plus years ago. Years ago, and it just it's but it's just so relevant today. Uh, it's you know, incredible. Yeah, I, I just dis- discovered this song by Billy Paul. One of my students played it at the studio last week. Never heard it before, and it's called "Let the Dollar Circulate." You know, that song came out 50 years ago and it's about if you know and it's talking about poverty all the things that we're dealing with today just as we were dealing with 50 years ago and this solution that if the dollar circulates everything will be fine and that's that's the notion that i feel for myself that if if money circulates it's fine there's no shortage of anything there's no shortage of money there's no shortage of anything in our world that we because remember we made everything everything there may be a shortage of water which we can't help. <laughs> well, no, but you know? I mean, yeah, yes and no, we can help that. Well, uh, I'm just saying, yeah. but we, we, I mean, we can, but I'm just saying in some parts of the world, it doesn't, it's never rained. Like in Saudi Arabia, I think it's, I've read that it rains, they get 1% of water for a year. Um, I'm just saying that we can't help that per se. Right. But having money, <laughs> having money, um, you know, Print up the, you know, you know, strike up the pr- the printers, you know, let the government allow us to print money from our Canon, compu- our, our in-home uh, printers. Um, again, that's that's something that's we, we created that scarcity that there's not enough money. But then in the meantime, there's organizations that have three trillion dollars in cash, you know, just standing by. You know, so why is it that one organization has three trillion dollars in cash? <laughs> The rest of us is trying to scramble for it. <laughs> so that's what I mean. So that's the money's damned up because they have three trillion dollars in cash. No one even knows what that looks like. That's that's greater than than what America has in this treasury right now. But one company has that right here, right now. And and so the money's damned up. So if it's circulating, that means that we will all be fine, but that's not gonna happen. Yeah, I mean that's that's almost like a whole other story, but yeah, but that, that it is a whole other story, right, yes, right. indeed. But uh, that's true. But then I think where it, you know, it's important for the conversation that we're having is that if you don't have people who are who are like saying, "Hey, like, w- wake up, everybody! This is yep. this is what's this is what's yep. happening," uh, you know, if you have you know, conglomerates that are controlling media with a very definite ideology and trying to suppress you know any music that is going to incite any kind of dissent then yeah it's just going to be you're just going to have this this huge amount of capital that's just tied up it's tied, yeah, it's, yeah it's dammed up yeah, yeah just like a, a dam it's yeah. dammed up yeah. and but it's 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 serving those that are on that side but everyone else is experiencing a drought right yeah <laughs> well so do you talk to your students about that Oh yes, it comes through um, throughout the conversation. Yeah. Again, one of the, one of the my our, our the relationship with my students is is really incredible because it's it's 
it's the spontaneous combustion of realities about who they are and who they want to be. And I'm amazed how that comes out over the conversation of learning as me, as I am teaching them how to DJ. And I've heard many, many times the feedback from my students is the philosophies that I teach with DJing. They say, wow, I can, I can apply this to my everyday life. And, and I find that astounding that people hear what I'm saying and, 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 and able to reflect and look at their own personal lives and look at these philosophies of learning how to mix music and the ways of improving their quality of life or the direction of life. So yeah, it's, we do have uh, really in-depth conversations about what's going on. People have come out to me, um, made major decisions about career, their relationships over, you know, matching beats. And, and I, I had, I, I, I had that, I, I um, respect that with a, with a great deal of, um, I respect that greatly. Yeah. It's really, it, this is incredible. So yes. Well, so for those of you who are tuning in, uh, we're, it's a couple of minutes before 11 o'clock. You're listening to KXSF LP. Uh, this is Pamela Bush for Friday Morning Frequencies. And our guest is DJ Lamont of uh, Fingersnaps Media Arts and uh, also a DJ at KPOO. And uh, DJ Lamont is kind enough to give us a few extra moments because I feel like we there's so much to discuss. And sure. I really do, do want to discuss what you're doing at Fingersnaps uh, a little bit more. So why did you start Fingersnaps? Like how and, and why? What was the, the impetus for, for doing this? Personal growth. Personal growth and finding a purpose in a meaningless world. I, 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 our, from my perspective, our world is meaningless. And, and I say that is because with all the things that one, that we see every day in our own community, our own families, there's, a, there's, there's not a lot of purpose. There's not a lot of things that I can find purpose in or cling on to that will give me some meaning, some point of meaningfulness. And Fingersnap started out of me searching for something that I needed to invest myself in that meant something to me. And you know, I went to school, I got a degree in broadcast mass media. I always wanted to work in commercial radio and I worked in commercial radio, but I was feeling stagnant. I was feeling dull. I was turning bitter because of the lack of opportunities. And, uh, and so a friend of mine said to me, well, why don't you start seeking out your own way? And I said, what does that mean? He says, find it, you know, make up a job for yourself. And so it came from a, uh, a friend introduced the idea of, well, why don't you learn, teach people how to DJ? This is about 21 years ago. And I thought about that for an entire year. What does that mean to teach someone how to DJ? What does that mean? And then the following year, I started writing notes about what that could possibly mean. Just basically notes of how to teach someone how to spend. At that time, it was just CDs. I mean, just uh, records. And so I wrote a curriculum the second year. And then the third year, I put an ad in the paper 
and the Guardian and on Craigslist. And I got my first student three days later and they said they were looking for something like this. And that validated my idea because someone, she said she was looking for something like that. So it came out of personal growth, wanting to direct my own destiny, a way of me creating my own um, income, a way for me to utilize my time the way that I want to utilize it based on who I am. And also, I always feel one of my core feelings is that I don't feel connected to people. It's very easy for me to feel disconnected and feel left out. And that, that's, that's a feeling that I've had since I was a child. And sometimes I can't distinguish the difference if I'm being left out or do I feel left out. And so creating finger snaps allowed me to communicate with the world the way that I wanted to based on who I am, not trying to conform or to be somebody else, to conform to our organization to, or to other cliques and groups, to, to be part of something. And so I created my own. And so now I can communicate with the world the way I, my, just myself, just being my authentic self. And so that, that was like the five motivating factors that encouraged me to start Fingerstown's Media Arts. And it started in my home. It actually started in this room right over here at two turntables and a handful of records and a couple speakers and such. And I started greeting my students in my house. And so I was here for 15 years. I did a couple pop-ups at some spaces, some short-term leases, like a month here, a month there. But primarily everything was taught here in my spare bedroom. And it was great. It was a fully operating business. It was, it was ran just like you see a business on a street level. But the, the, the grand scheme and the grand um, vision for the space was to have a space like I have now on 3527 20th Street here in the Mission, was to have a, a, a space that was accessible for the average person to walk by and see something for themselves. And it's, it's for those, you know, my business, like any business, for those that are interested in what I offer, it's not for everyone. It took a long time to be able to find that. And it's for the music enthusiast that's interested in learning how to DJ and are interested in my, my style of teaching and such. And since I've been there, which is almost three years, it's, it's just been an incredible ride because I, I've met more of my neighbors living in the mission than I, than I did living in the mission. <laughs> Because <laughs> when you come home, you come home and you close the door. And at the studio, the door is open. And I'm there eight to 10 hours a day. And it's, it's not a line of people coming through the door, but there's people, you know, it's a high, it's a high traffic, traffic it's a high pedestrian uh, neighborhood. So people are stopping by all the time, taking photographs, poking their head in. And and that's what makes me feel like, wow, I have something special to offer the world. This, this medium that was considered outdated once upon a time is something that people are interested in. And, and, I, and that's what makes me feel whole and complete because I, I feel like I have something special to offer the world now. And, and having that studio validates a lot of my fears, a lot of my doubts about myself because I'm challenged by it every single day when someone walks in the door and says, hey, what is this place about? There was a young man that walked in yesterday. He's from Canada. 
his flight was at 6 p.m. It was 3 p.m. He said, can we, can we do a one-hour class? And I said, yes. Because <laughs> he was just astounded by the space, the energy of the space, the records. And he just walked away aglow. He walked away an inch taller than he walked in. And, and I just saw the, the, the growth in him and because he explored something that was, that was a mystery to him. And so that's the magic of what goes on there, the, the magic and the purpose. So it gives me purpose in this world that is purposeless, purposeless most of the time for me. It, it's meaningless, a lot of the things that we have to endure every single day with our legal system, with our justice system, with our financial system. Like I said, all that is just meaningless because we just, every single day we argue about, we don't have enough. We don't have enough money to, to feed. We don't have enough housing to house. We don't have enough education to educate. We don't have enough votes to, to, to persuade a, 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 a political environment that will satisfy all or majority. And so I look at this stuff every day I, I decipher through it every day, and like this is it's this is just crazy. This is it just makes no sense to me, and and that's when I say life is empty, and meaningless. So if with that being said, let me apply myself to something that will give me meaning, because I, I can't change what's going on in, in Washington. I vote it, I hold up an occasional picket sign, I write an occasional letter, but other than that, I'm not in the Capitol. And I can't spend all my time trying to change what's going on in the Capitol because I have to feed myself every day. You know, I have to, I have to maintain my life here. I, I can't be down at City Hall knocking on doors every single day. That's a full-time job. That sounds really honorable and noble, but it's not realistic when you have to maintain a life. So this gives me purpose and meaningfulness because I'm connecting with people I'm connecting with all types of people, all cultures, languages, personalities. And my job is to be a steward of service to these, to these folks when they come in. And it's challenging to me. It's not easy. It's not easy working with so many different types of people, so many different types of people coming into the studio. But it challenges me to, to, to step back and to look at the world a little bit bigger because I realize that everyone is not the same. So which in turn gives me purpose. It gives me something to strive for, to look forward to, uh, an opportunity to grow a little bit more than I did the day before. And so when I'm caught up in this world, our bigger world of all the, all the unrest of who we are as a society and all the beauty too, right? our, our society is not just full of unrest. It's, it's full of beauty and excitement and joy and creativity. And I see that too. But as far as like the general narrative that comes from our political, social, legal world and financial world, it's, it's, the, it's the negative side. It's not enough. It's not enough. I, I find it, I, I, I every day I, I laugh at the idea that the constitution, that the first three words, we the people, was written by, it, it, that contradicts itself right there because it was founded by and authored by wealthy white men that didn't even recognize the women that they went home and slept with that night, or men, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, no, no doubt. <laughs> you know, and then, but that's, that's and, and it's we the people right there. It's a contradiction. Well, if it was we the people, why isn't it that we're all free? Why is it that you're free and I'm not, but you're telling me to honor this constitution, this document that we hold so great, 
and it's contradicted every single day. It's contradicted every single day because a child can understand that. We, the people, what is it that you don't understand? It's not I, the people. It's not y'all, the people. It's not I, the people. It's we. Um, so with that confusing me about what our purpose is, I apply my, my purpose at finger snaps. Yeah, I, I've had these discussions with uh, people recently, especially about like some of the things I do in the industry that, that I'm in uh, and trying to change things there, which is the wine industry. And yeah, like I'm not going to Washington. I'm not running for office. Yeah. But but it's like you can try to you try to have an you know, just make a dent in your little your little sphere. And that's the way we do it. Yep. Yeah. And I do think that teaching uh it does give you a sense of purpose. I, I understand what what you're saying with, with that. Um it's it is I think really I think it can be really fulfilling for for people to to do that. Uh you know, to you know, try to it's not just about I don't look at teaching where it's just imparting my knowledge. It's about also getting knowledge from other people too. It's in a lot of mm-hmm. ways it's a symbiotic relationship, but it's it's you know they're looking for a, yeah. When someone comes to you to teach them, whether it's about DJing or wine, it's about okay. You have a certain level of experience and expertise, but unless you also know something about the person who you're teaching. You, you're not necessarily going to be able to teach them very well because, like as you sure. said, you have all these different people who come into you know, come into finger snaps, and yeah, that sort of that makes it more challenging and, and exciting, I think, too, uh, because it, you you can't teach you know everyone's different, you know the way that you that you absolutely and you know I I think the way I look at teaching is not is it's about getting people to ask more questions, where it's not just uh, this is this is, here's all this knowledge, I'm giving it to you, and that's it. It's like, no, it's, it's about getting people to think critically. And I, I think that that's also another really thing, incredibly important thing about music and all of the arts is that they do, they provide a lot of joy and an antidote to all of these other things that weigh us down. But they also really can get people to start thinking more critically and to question. You know, to question something like, what does we the people mean? What or what did those who wrote "We the People" mm. in the 18th century when what when they said that? What did they mean? Uh, and you know how you know who at that point? What what does people mean? You know in the in, in the 18th century? Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, if you were not a wealthy white man, were you not considered a people, a person? Absolutely. It just it just op- opens up so many so many thoughts around that. Yeah. Um, you know, one day I sat back and read the Constitution, and I read it occasionally, and I, and I laughed because I'm like, "Wow, these the you when you think the Constitution and all that has the swaying of our decisions based on this document, you would think that it's this ten thousand page um, documentation, and it, it's it's literally a couple of hundred words <laughs> altogether. <laughs> it's just these bullet points." Right, and yeah. it's incredible that, that so much interpretation and, and so much division and, um, like I said, our, our, our political directions have been swayed by these, these, these bullet points, such as we the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, It starts right there, we the people. That's, that's easy to comprehend, yet 
very difficult to execute because if we took care of we the people, we would not be arguing about the fact that our country needs a major infrastructure up- update. We see it every day. I see it in our city, just how old our city is, and it, it needs a refreshing. These these home these homes need a refreshing, you know. And who knows what's going on behind, you know, within the infrastructure of these homes and these buildings. But it really does. I, I just like, wow, is this building going to last another hundred years? And if it's, it doesn't seem like it's going to be renewed to do so. So it, it may or may not. And I just find that really fascinating. So, but yeah, those those are big subjects, but yeah. it, it all does revolve around. Um, it does all motivate me every single day. Yeah. And sometimes I literally have to, I'm in bed in a fetal position because it's just too much sometimes. And then once I go through that period, I bust out and I, I'm my best DJ Lamont when I step outside my door because um, it does get me down and not even get me down. I, I, I don't even, it, it really just divides my focus about my purpose and what I can do. But in the meantime, I remind myself of what I can do, and I'm reminded when I'm interacting with with the public of what I can do. And so all of this just has helped me grow, grow as an individual and become more confident in who I am. And never thinking that, you know, I never thought what I have was valuable because it was also personable. My collection, everything that I started was was started, you know, in a very on a personal level, personable intimacy. And I never thought that something that was so intimate for me and so personable to me would be a motivation, a motivating factor for someone else. And and that, again, gives me purpose and confidence that, okay, I do have something special to offer the world. I do have something unique that people like. I do have something that someone is interested in because it's very easy to feel lost that we don't i don't have enough to contribute to being successful for myself and so finger snaps has, has renews that spirit for me all the time because when people walk in and say wow this place is amazing it feels good in here i want to come in here i want i'm interested in what you're doing in here I'm like wow just me little old me you're interested in these records these 40 year old records these 40 year old CDs, <laughs> but it's valuable to those that are interested in it. And, and again, that's astounding for, and, and astounding for me and exciting for me. And it renews my hope and my purpose to keep, keep it on. Yeah. Great. Well, this has been, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that you've taken a little bit more time out of your morning to, to, to talk with me. Uh, I know with, with Christmas Eve, I'm sure you have a lot to do. So, I could talk to you a lot longer, but uh, sure, well, we could we could we could catch up again. And I want us to when we're when things are safe, I want us to check out that natural wine bar. I think you'll appreciate it. Okay. I think, but I want us to spend an uh, evening there, um, hopefully in a couple of weeks, and just see how that goes. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, I'd, I'd, I think you're really you'll like it. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Let Let's do it. And uh, uh, again, I, I guess I do want to say just on on. You know, for my part, and also hear just your, your thought on this, but just how community radio is, just as how it needs to reflect community too, and these are some things that that we talk about here a lot at KXSF, and how the community here has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the community in the Bay Area has has changed. 
Uh, yeah, and I just I think as we were saying earlier, with having so many stations that are now just basically, you know, they're kind of just run by corporate drones. Uh, it's just so it is. I think that people and anyone who's listening obviously is listening because they they do yeah. support community radio. But I, how can we get more people to know about stations like KPOO? How about uh, KXSF? You know, and other community radio stations. I just feel like there's there, there's a need for what we're doing now so much, just more than effort. Absolutely. Be, you know, because you don't have, we no longer have the KFOGs who would talk about, and even even if they just talked about stuff that wasn't, you know, that, that was not necessarily subversive, just being able to, let's say, talk about the Giants game or, you know, the Warriors game. We don't really have much of that anymore. Where, where you have, uh, a, like, media that is helping to foster community. So do you have any thoughts on how we can? That I don't know, because that's, yeah. that's the mystery, uh, because we don't have the budgets to market ourselves. Right. And I think if anything, it's organic. And I think it's for those that are, are seeking something different, because we do have listeners around the world. How they find us is the mystery, how they stumble upon us. And so I think it does happen organically. And, and just the fact that we're here, just like how I found KPO when I moved to San Francisco, I was just coming through the th dial and I heard something different compared to everything else that was on, on the airwaves. And that's what captured my imagination was it was something different. And that's where I saw a place for myself to be myself and play music that I wanted to enjoy. And sometimes I ask myself if I, if I, was to pursue commercial radio, what would I do there? Because I'm, I'm so, I've been so entrenched in community radio and autonomous radio. What would I do where I'm, where I'm controlled, told what to do, what to say, how to do what I do. And I weigh that every single day. Do, do I, and I see the advantage where I can learn more about radio and broadcast, the business of broadcast. But in the meantime, do I want to be influenced by, by management saying, okay, you're going to play this music, you're going to talk this way, you can't talk about this, you can't talk about that. But I think it's just organics, the, the organic nature of us just continuing to do what we're doing and, and people finding us in this, in this stratosphere of, of, of sound and movement. Great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, again, uh, I've been talking for well over an hour with DJ Lamont. You can listen to his show on KPOO on Tuesday nights between 8 p.m. and midnight. And also check out Finger Snaps uh, Media Arts, which is at 3527 20th Street between Mission and Valencia in San Francisco. It is a pretty it's a pretty special place. Um, especially if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're interested in learning how to DJ, definitely like, you know, go, go see what's, what's going on there. And anyone who's, who is interested in local radio and just a, a really unique spot, uh, in between, you know, all the, the, the juice shop, you know, the, the juice bars and everything, uh, you know, the trendy clothing shops, it, this is a really unique spot in the mission. So thank you for what you're doing and thank you for being here, uh, as our, our guest this morning. Absolutely. All right. Next time in person. Okay. For sure. Yeah, we'll make that happen. Okay. okay. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. All right. Bye-bye.
Okay, and for everyone else, uh, uh, you are listening to KXSF LP in San Francisco. This is Pamela Bush for Friday Morning Frequencies. We'll be back in just a minute. Support for KXSF comes from the Barrel Room San Francisco. The Barrel Room showcases the cuisine, wine, and spirits of different regions of the world with rotating menus featuring different countries and geographical areas. Go on a culinary adventure without ever leaving the city. Visit the Barrel Room SF at 415 Sansom Street in the Financial District. Check out their website at BarrelRoomSF.com. Thanks for supporting KXSF 102.5 FM. If you're in the music industry and find yourself struggling emotionally, there's now an easy free place to turn for help. Backline is a mental health and wellness resource hub specifically for artists, support crew, and their families. Through Backline's online portal, find a therapist, join a weekly virtual support group, or sign up for yoga or meditation. KXSF is proud to partner with Backline to find help for music industry professionals. Learn more by going online to backline.care. So you're listening to KXSF LP in San Francisco. This is Friday Morning Frequencies. I'm Pamela Bush. And I was in a, had a really great, interesting discussion with DJ Lamont from Finger Snaps Media Arts. Uh, and with the rest of our time, I think I just want to play some music from some of the musicians that we've lost over the last year. There definitely were quite a few. And uh, yeah, let's just take some time and and celebrate what they have left us with so let's start off with dmx this is slipping <laughs> uh. see to live is to suffer but to survive well that's to find meaning in the suffering Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I got to get up. Get back on my feet so I can tear. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I got to get up. I've been through mad different phases, like Macy's, to find my way. And now I know that happy days are not far away. If I'm strong enough, I live long enough to see my kids. Doing something more constructive with the time than bids. I know because I've been there, now I'm in there. Sit back and look at what it took for me to get there. First came the ball. Drama with my mama, she got on some flash, so I split and said that I'ma be that seed that doesn't need much to succeed. Strapped with mad greed, a heart that doesn't bleed. I'm ready for the world, or at least I thought I was. Bagging when I caught a bus, I'm thinking about how short I was. Going too fast, it wouldn't last, but yo, I couldn't tell. Group homes and institutions prepare my for jail. They put me in a situation forcing me to be a man when I was just learning to stand without a helping hand. Damn, was it my fault? Something I did to make a father leave his first kid at seven. Doing my first bid Back on the scene at 14 With a scheme To get more green Than I'd ever seen In the dream And by all means I will be living High off the hog And I never gave a fuck About much but my dog That's the only I'd head off in my last Just another look Headed nowhere fast Hey yo I'm slipping I'm falling I can't get up Hey yo I'm slipping I'm falling I can't get up Hey yo I'm slipping I'm falling I got to get up Get back on my feet So I can tear Hey yo I'm slipping I'm falling can't get up, hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling. Can't get up, hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling. I got to get up, get 
here. That ain't the half. Gets worse as I get older. Actions become bolder. Heart got cold. Chip on my shoulder that I didn't to touch. Didn't need a click, cause I scared it that much. One deep with the starting for kicks. Catching Vicks, throwing bricks. Getting by, being slick. Used to get high just to get by. Used to have to pause. In the morning before I get fly. Ate something. Couple of 40s made me hate something. After some hurt, now I'm ready to take some. Three years later, showing signs of stress. Didn't keep my hair cut or give a how I dress. I'm possessed by the darker side. Living the cruddy life. Like this, tepping with a bloody knife. Wanna make records, but I'm hold up. Slipping, I'm falling, can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling. Got to get up, get back on my feet so I can tear Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I got to get up Get back uh, on my feet so I can tear uh, Wasn't long before I hit rock bottom Like damn, look how that got Open like a window, no more endo Look at a video, say to myself that could have been yo On the TV, believe me Could be done. Something got to give, got to change. Now I got a son. I got to do the right thing for shorty. And that means no more getting high, drinking 40. So I get back, looking tight, slick again. Fake, jump back on my again. Nothing but love for those that know how it feels. And much respect to all my kept it real. You're strong, kept it from doing wrong. Who they is, and this is your song. And to my boo, who stuck with it, I do. All the bulls, you'll get yours. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I got to get up. Get back on my feet so I can tear. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I got to get up. Get back on my feet so I can tear. I see 
I'm Shannon Kaler from the Stone Foxes, and uh, you know, you should listen to community radio because, I don't know if you know this, but uh, other radio stations have about 40 songs that they play over and over and over, and usually they're mostly crap. Well, let me tell you, uh, community radio plays the good stuff. So listen to KXSF.FM um, for tasty treats. So you're listening to KXSF FM in San, KXSFLP in San Francisco. This is Pamela Bush with Friday Morning Frequencies. And we're um, going to just play music from some of the musicians that we've lost over, well, in 2021. We started off the set with Slip In uh, from DMX. Then uh, the Rolling Stones painted black. Of course, we lost Charlie Watts in August. And, you know, Charlie, it's, there's, Charlie had his fingerprints over not over everything the Stones did, but a lot of great uh, solo stuff as well. Uh, but when I think of a Stone song where it's just hearing like Charlie's drums and that, that, that to me is just, it, it's just like, that just stands out. Uh, then after Joe Simon drowning in the sea of love, Joe Simon actually died in on December 13th. So we're going to uh, move on now <clears throat> with, uh, this is Sound of Freedom with Gary Pine, Dollar Man, Bob, Sinclair and Sly and Robbie. Robbie Shakespeare uh, passed away earlier this year, so this is a little little way of, of remembering his greatness. Now hear this! It comes a time in everyone's life that you need a little relaxation, you know? Run it! Listen this, Tuna. <laughs> Listen this. As I was saying, not a Bob Sinclair trap, Gary Pine, but a man called Q to me and Dalamon. Yes, man. Man, not advice on you. Yeah, you're coming over with me tonight, right? You better believe my rap. That a man with. 
Hallo, hallo, hallo. This is a skeleton from outer space having a party. It gonna last all night. Hallo? This is the skeleton, Marcus Garvey from outer space having a party. Hope you will be there. And have a good time. Punk your punk. Drink your drink. Wink you wink and think you think Junk you junk and punk you punk Funk you funk and junk you junk But when you drunk don't drive Having a party tonight It's gonna last all night Shotgun will be there Popgun Just gone will be there Drink your drink, drink your drink Wink your wink and think you think Drink your drink and drunk your drunk I say Funk your punk, punk your punk your punk Funk your funk and drunk your drunk Bank managers will be there 
bank managers will be there. World Bank, Global Bank, international bankers will be there. Drink you drink, wink you wink, think you think, and link you link. Drunk you drunk, but if you drunk don't drive, that will save your life. Repentance Just party It will be A shotgun party A popcorn party All night All right Ganja will be there Like your spliff Jump in the air Smoke your skunk, smoke your skunk Smoke your weed Smoke your giant From outer space With his Remington In his suitcase Drink your drink And think your think Junk your junk And funk your funk Shotgun party A popcorn party When you get drunk, don't you try If you wish to stay alive I'm in a party tonight Having a party all night Having a party tonight It's gonna last until the broad light Jesus.
from Trista Bernasconi Real Estate. Trista is a longtime resident of San Francisco with extensive knowledge of the city and its diverse neighborhoods. Her specialty is helping first-time buyers find and secure the home of their dreams. Learn more by going to tristabernasconi.com or go to the KXSF website and click on her logo. Thanks for supporting KXSF San Francisco Community Radio. So we are getting to the end of our Friday morning frequencies for uh, this Christmas Eve. I'm Pamela Bush. You're listening to KXSF LP in San Francisco. And uh, we've been playing some music by some of the musicians we lost over the last year. Uh, let's see, the last set we ended up with uh, Wanda Rogers from uh, the Marvelettes. Lead singer Wanda Rogers passed away uh, just on December 15th. So... Um, Rest in power to her. What a beautiful voice. Also, uh, More Than a Woman by Tavares. That was Ralph Tavares who, who left us. And um, having a party from Lee Scratch Perry. And we started off the set uh, with Sound of Freedom with Gary Pine, Dollar Man, Bob Sinclair, and Sly and Robbie. Robbie Shakespeare, of course, who passed away this year. Um, so we have time for a couple more. And let's let's go to... This was a this was a, a hard one. Um, Love hurts. This is the the Everly Brothers.
Like 8.4 
Part of me, for now it's part of you. 